Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. Release your presence in this place. Release the anointing like never before. Use your word to touch us so that at the end of this meeting, our life will never remain the same. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, I like that song that says, Great is your faithfulness. Amen. The faithfulness of God is so great. And every day we see the blessings of God, we see the power of God, we see the hand of God. Amen. All right, let's sit down as we go straight into the word of God. You know, I want us to go quickly to the book of Romans. In Romans chapter number 5. From verse 1 it says. Romans 5 from verse 1. It says, therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory the glory of God he says and not only so but we glory in tribulation. That's where my message is coming from. We glory in tribulation. In other words, the Bible never tells us that there will be no tribulation. God never promised us in his word that there will be no trial. Every one of us will face challenge, will face difficulty, we will face different issues in our lives. But the dimension of our glory is based on the level of the presence of God that we carry. Hear me. We are in a days whereby calamity is everywhere. And the Bible tells us about perilous times. And these are the days of Perry. Turn to the next person and tell him, don't think it will get better. You don't want to say it. Just look at him. Say, don't think it's going to get better. We don't want to believe it that it's going to be tough. Even as the years goes by, you'll begin to see more things that you've never seen before. But the word of the Lord promises us something. It says, darkness and cross darkness, we cover the earth. But in the midst of the darkness, the Lord tells us that we are going to glow. You see this house right now, this room right now, you know, if you shut up the whole light in this room, 
if you put a little candlestick, you will pick up the spot where the person with the candlestick is standing. Am I correct? Because light is so powerful. And that is what the word of God promised us. He said, we will glory in tribulation. Circumstances will come. Trouble will come. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 5, says, we glow. When trouble and trials come, what happened to us? We shine. How do we shine in the midst of trouble? How do we glow in the midst of trouble? Jesus told us something. He said, in this world, you will find persecution. You will find trouble. You will find trials. He said, but in me, you will find peace. So, if the word of the Lord tells us that there's going to be trouble out there, where do we find peace? In Christ. So, how do we glory in tribulation? It's by abiding in Him. Because the Bible says, Christ in us is the hope of glory. And the Bible made it clear. It said, in Him we live, in Him we have our being. In other words, we dwell in Christ. Help me tell the next person, says, are you dwelling in Christ? The Bible says, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, when you dwell in the presence of God, you have the ability to confront troubles. Somebody's not hearing me. When you stay in his presence, your children, your home, no matter the storm. If you read the scripture, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, it says that he that heareth those sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a man that built his house upon the rock. He said the storm comes, the wind blows, and beats upon the house. He said, but it did not fall. Now hear me. The Bible also say, the man that hears the word that does not do it is like a man that builds his house on the sand. In other words, these two men build house. In other words, the storm will come, the wind will come, and it will beat on the house. Both the man who build on the rock and the man who build on the sand. Sometimes we Christians, we think, our believers, we think that because we're in the Lord that there will be no storm. We think that because we are in Christ Jesus, there will be no trouble. But the Bible tells us that the trouble will surely come. He said, but if we fail in the days of adversity, he says, our strength is small. So why do we fail when there's adversity? Because we are not abiding in him. Turn to someone says, abide in him. The storm will come, it will hit your marriage, it will hit your home, it will hit your life. But what will help you shine is when you are abiding in Christ. 
The enemy will come, he will try to steal your children. He will come, he will try to touch your family. But hear me, if you are on Christ, the solid rock, in the midst of the storm, you will be shining. I see somebody shining here this morning. I say, I see somebody shining this morning. The Lord is saying you will shine in the midst of storm. Lift up your hands and say, I'm going to shine. Say, I'm going to shine. I will shine brighter in the midst of every storm. That's what the Bible promised us. So, how do we abide in Him? How do we glory in tribulation? How do we glory in storm? When others are crying, how do we smile? If you look at the scripture, the Bible tells us something. The book of Exodus. It said when there was storm, when there was darkness in Egypt, but in Goshen there was light. When every child, every firstborn of the Egyptians were dying. But in the house of God, among the people of God, they were eating the Passover. Why they were busy eating? People were dying in the other camp. Hear me. God is bringing us into a system. God is bringing us into a time that no matter the calamity that faced this world, you will shine. I said you will shine. I said you will shine. I said receive it in the name of Jesus. So how do you shine in the midst of trouble? Number one way is to abide in him. Let me correct something here that we do. We say we are spending time in the presence of God. How many of you have used that comment before? Let's spend time in his presence. If you've used it, just bring up your hand. Let me see you. Don't be ashamed. I said it in the past. You know, spend time in his presence. Listen, we don't leave his presence. We are always in his presence. Hallelujah! We don't get out of his presence. You know, sometimes we speak to friends and say, last night I was in the presence of God. So what happened now? That means now you are no longer in his presence. Say, yesterday when I was in the presence of God, yesterday. So what happened now? Moses said, Lord, do not take us a step further if your presence will not go with us. The life of a child of God should not be without the presence of God for one minute. Man was originally created to stay in God's presence. When God made man, where did he put man? Eden. Go and check the word Eden. The meaning of the word Eden means the presence. The fish cannot survive if you take the fish out of the water. If you take a bird that is supposed to be flying and you lock up that bird in a cage, I bet you after some time, you are not doing that bird a good. God originally made us to remain in his presence. To live a life outside the presence of God is to expose yourself to satanic attack. To live a life outside God's presence is to do what? To expose yourself to satanic manipulation. And that's why as a child of God, David says, I will dwell for the rest 
And all the days of my life, I will dwell in his presence. Lift up your right hand. Say, Lord, teach me how to dwell in your presence. Do not spend one minute, one day outside God's presence. David says, I was afflicted when I went astray. Anytime you step out of the presence of God, you expose yourself to the enemy to attack you. How do we dwell in his presence? How? Colossians tells us something in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter number 3. Let's look at it from verse 1. In Colossians 3 from verse 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. The next verse says, Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. The next verse says, For ye are dead and your life is hid in Christ and Christ in God. Turn to the next man and say, Are you alive? Ask him, are you alive? Let me ask him. Look at him and say, are you alive? The Bible says, ye are dead and your life is hid in Christ and Christ in God. Paul says, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Who lives in you? Is it you or Christ? Then if it is Christ that lives in you, let Christ manifest and not you. This is why we have problems. We say we are dead and yet we still live. How can a dead man be living? So, but pastor, are you saying I should no longer exist? That's not what I'm talking about. Let your existence be in Christ and not in the flesh. Dwelling in the presence of God is to completely live in God. Your life, everything about you, your desire, your plan, everything, your day-to-day -day life is in the hands of God. How do you do that? The Bible says, commit thy ways to the Lord and he will direct thy paths. Commit thy ways to the Lord. You want to travel? Ask God. You want to do anything? Let God be involved. Who makes your decisions? Who does your planning? The Bible says, commit thy plans to the Lord. He will direct their path. God spoke to Moses. He says, see that you build the tabernacle according to the blueprint that is given to you from Mount Horeb. David says, thy word have I hidden in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. He said, that word is like what? A light unto my feet. It's like a lamp unto my paths. Who directs you? When you want to make serious decisions, what do you do? You go to the word of God. I am praying for every one of you that is listening to me today. That God will give you the ability to live and to dwell. In the word of God. Because only then when storm comes. Not you. But it is God who lives. Are you listening to me? And that's what God wants from us. To dwell in him. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to commit all our ways to the Lord.
God, direct my path. I want you to be in control of my life. I want you to be in total control. Take preeminent of everything that concerns me. My decisions, my plans, my life, be in control. Another way you can dwell in his presence is by doing what? By walking in the spirit. Living every day in the spirit. Turn to someone and say, live in the spirit. You know, living in the spirit is not what many of us think. We think living in the spirit is just to be praying in tongues. Everywhere you go, that means living in the spirit. No. Living in the spirit is walking in the consciousness of the presence of God. How many of you know that God is with you right there? Angels are around you every time. Be conscious of God. Be conscious of his presence. I was sharing, you know, this early morning when I was preaching in the morning service. And I said to some, uh, the people I was talking to online. And I said to them, I said, I shared a testimony of a lady who went somewhere and somebody gave her a prophecy. And what was the prophecy? It says, I see two demons behind you with claws. And these demons are trying to, you know, attack you. And she smiled and said, oh, really? They follow me everywhere. They try to attack me, but greater is he that is in me than the devil that is in them. You see, but if you say this to some persons, I see some demons after you say, oh, demons, demons. Are you conscious of the presence of God or are you conscious of demons? There are demons, surely. There are powers of darkness. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in the world. Hallelujah! When the enemy comes knocking, be conscious of God's presence. The devil is telling you something. Don't listen to what the devil is saying. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Living your life on a daily basis in the consciousness of what God says. I want to teach you something. I want you to do this. It's one of the things that helps me when I was growing up as a believer. Every single day, I always rise up with a scripture. When I was growing up as a child of God, I was doing that. I have a Bible verse for every day. And every day, I decree that scripture over my life. You can do the same thing to yourself today. You can take a word every single day and begin to speak it forth. The Bible says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It said they are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. So on a daily basis, speak a scripture over your life. The enemy shows you that your son is in drugs. The devil shows you, he says your son is going to die. He shows you things. Tell him, Satan, you're a liar. The word of God says, greater is in me than he that is against me. The devil is against your finances. And your finances are shaking. And the people are wondering. And they say, your finances is going to collapse. Tell them, no. Blessed be the Lord who had blessed me with all blessings in heavenly places. Go around, begin to declare it. Say, I am blessed. Even when there is nothing in your pocket, prophesy it. Say money comet. Don't speak what you see. 
Turn to the next person. Tell him, don't speak what you see. Say, don't speak what you see. Tell him, speak what the Lord says. I remember I keep sharing this testimony over and over. It's a brother in Malaysia. You know, he had a wonderful son, but the son was living into drugs. And the son every time was into drugs. And every time we would talk, he said, man of God, my son, he's a drug addict. My son is into drugs. And every time he said that, I would tell him, speak the word of God over your son. Because what you say is what you have. What do you speak? What are you conscious of? And so he switched and began to say over his son, you are a man of God. The hand of God is upon you. The destiny is great. And the more he says it, the more the son becomes what he says. What do you say over your children? What do you say over your business? I know my business is going to collapse. I know it. I know it. I know this marriage is going to fail. I know it. This is the useless husband. I have a useless husband. Every day you say that, then get ready. Your husband will become more useless. Because you're saying it out of your mouth. I have a useless wife. The more you say it, the more you become what you say. So, in walking in the presence, in the spirit of God, is speaking what the Lord say over your life, not what the situation say. Declare it on a daily basis. The next one, how? To dwell in his presence and to dwell in him. It's not just only to be conscious of his presence. It's to walk in obedience to the word of God. And this is where we're going to go into prayers. Lord, give me an ear that can hear you. Give me eyes to see what you're doing. Give me a heart to obey your voice. Listen, it doesn't matter whether it pleases you or not. You know there are some things God will ask you to do right now. It makes no sense. Hello? There are some things God will ask you to do. It makes no sense. But in the process, you realize that it becomes, it makes sense. So when God speaks, obey him. What God wants from you is to obey. We're going to pray today. We're going to ask God, give me an obedient heart. That I will obey you irrespective of any storm, irrespective of anything. I will obey your voice. If you look at the scripture, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah in chapter number 6. In Isaiah chapter number 6, the Bible tells us that Isaiah had an encounter with God. And the encounter he had with God, he saw the angels. And they put a ton of fire, a cord of fire in his mouth. And they said, this has touched your lips. And a voice came and said, who shall I send? And who will go for us? And he says, here am I, Lord, send me. Now, God wants you to obey his voice. Dwelling in his presence is to obey him. All the days of your life. When God was talking about Abraham, what did he say? He said, I know Abraham, for he will teach his children, children, the ways of the Lord. I know Abraham, he would teach his children, children the way of the Lord. No matter what happened, ensure that you hearken to the voice of God. 
Whose voice are you listening to? Ask the next person close to you. Ask him, whose voice are you listening to? God's voice? Ask him, God's voice? Or the voice of a man? In the book of Peter, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, Peter said, who should we obey? Should we obey you or obey man? When they were talking to the priests and they were talking to the teachers of the law, he said, whose voice shall we obey? He said, we choose to obey the voice of the Lord. There are times it might be difficult to obey the voice of God. It might be difficult. It makes no sense. It, don't, it, it, it might even look like you are losing out financially. It might look like you are losing out. You are losing your self-esteem to obey the voice of God. But hear me, it pays to obey God. It pays to obey God. Because when you obey God, it brings forth blessings. I'm going to be praying for you this morning. And you say, Lord, I want to be in the spirit. I don't want to be in the flesh. I want to walk in the spirit.